I sacrifice sleep for video games. Oh, I don't. Yeah. I will play till like three in the morning and not realize that well, I, and feel like I've and, done nothing. I assume it's what it's like to do crack. <laughs> you are now tuned in to drink this podcast. Matt and Paul G chatting top quality. You know they always got a free talk policy. Guests speak honestly. No apology. Full spectrum from politics to comedy. Please listen responsibly. A few brew in, chance of animosity. A couple more brew and the crew getting wobbly. No matter this, the park place of podcast monopoly. Drink this podcast. Welcome to Drink This Podcast, where the Edmonton-based podcast where we celebrate good drinks and good conversation. Uh, my name is Matt. Sitting with me today, as per usual, is Paul. Say hello, Paul. Shalom. And joining us again on part two of our conversation is Brandon Chats, owner, proprietor, Variant Edition Comics. Brandon, say hello. Vasvidanya. I don't believe that's hello. That's goodbye. That is goodbye. Previous Are is you what leaving? you're looking for. Yeah, that's fair. That's high. <laughs> I just had it in my head and I could not do that's it. It's fine. Yeah. It's the, his version of the trap horn that Jacob brings all the time. <laughs> oh, you're talking about the reggaeton air horn? Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> com- complete aside, that happened at my sister's wedding during their first dance. Yes. Yeah. Uh, oh, wait. While were you people, not, no. While were you not people happy about that? made it rain on them. Yeah. <laughs> On purpose? Like they planned this? On purpose. Oh, that's different. While oh. an acoustic person who came there from a, a, a Ireland was playing a very beautiful song. Oh, good. So, oh, it was a very interesting situation our, our that friend, my sister loved. Good Welcome time. back, Brandon. For Thank our you. listeners, it's been two weeks. For us, it's been five minutes. But we're uh, we're going to jump back. Last episode was the TV... TV extravaganza. Yeah, the TV talk. Uh, so we're going to move on to talking a little bit more in our second part of talking about stories. Uh, stories and other mediums. So I want to lead off this part of the discussion, as I always do, because podcasting is life. Talking about podcasts. Yes. And I think, Paul, that you should give... I understand not being lectured to, or not liking to be like... Talked at. Talked... See, uh, I think you would love things like Risk and the moth long form kind of well maybe not long form short form storytelling like three to 25 minutes i remember the moth yeah oh uh, they still make that show okay good <laughs> I, I i fell off for a long time it's still just as good. Oh, good good i think um a piece of this context that maybe hasn't come up yet uh that i think is actually really relevant is that like for those who know me uh i am really into music before i was old enough to drink that was my my thing mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. I, I have got, I mean, since this is how we measure these things now, I've got like, I don't know, 190 gigabytes of music on my phone. I'm like <laughs> many dozens of albums that uh, have ended up getting lost through various hard hardware failures yeah. and the like, uh, which I, I need to put onto there at some point. When I'm not watching TV or talking to people, and often when I am talking to people, music is on. Like I walk around with my headphones on all the time. Uh, and I think part of why I don't like audiobooks and I don't really care for podcasts is that when I'm reading something that I can hold in my hands, I can listen to music while I'm doing it. And yes. I always do. Is that it lacks a visual element? Maybe, but it, I think it is just that I, I like music. I, if I'm going to have something okay. going, I would like to combine those two. Okay. So like when I'm sitting chatting with friends, there's usually something on in the background. Most times it's going to be music. Sometimes it's TV. Yeah. Um. But I, I think it is just that it's the lack of, if I'm listening to somebody talk, 
I can't put on music and it's it's easier for me to zone out. Okay. I think you've said sometimes you have a harder time with with like written fiction because you have a, you it loses your attention. Yeah, if I'm going to read something it needs to be holding my attention. It needs to really grab me and that's and not everything. That's my problem with listening to people talk about things without anything else to it because uh like let's plays uh, are good in that there is something visually unfolding and so sometimes i will zone out a bit from what they're talking about but i can still watch the game yeah um i when, keep yeah. it i when i play fallout i put an earbud in my ear and instead of listening to the radio i listen to a podcast while i wander the wasteland interesting because i usually don't have music on in fallout and i listen to a podcast and i find that i need two stimuli for most things yeah basically like if i'm at work and i'm processing things if yeah. i'm begging comics or whatever i need music or I need somebody speaking. Yeah. Or else I'm I like I can't focus properly. And this is the reason why I, I think I have a hard time with like podcasts or audiobooks because I, I always do other things, like mm-hmm. I walk or yeah. whatever. And uh if I'm just listening to somebody talk, I often find I do something else and then zone out. Because even if I'm if I'm mm-hmm. like not really gripped by what's going on on mm-hmm. again a let's play being the, the most prevalent example and what I watch or consume. Uh, there are often times where I'll start dicking around on my phone yeah. and realize I have not been listening to the last like yeah. five minutes. Um, and I, I have that problem where I'm good for like 10 or 20 minutes for an audiobook or a podcast. And then I start because I'm going to do something else with it. And, yeah. and it's why I have watched a lot of Let's Play stuff, but there's only a few that I can actually point to and be like, yeah, I watched this like I would have watched a sitcom because it was something that really grabbed me. The, the hosts were on fire that day, whatever. Huh. Uh, and I found it really funny. And that's actually why... There's a, a channel out of the UK that's probably my favorite of the lot called Outside Xbox and mm-hmm. sister channel Outside Extra. They have way more listeners than we do, so I'm not sure why I'm playing <laughs> them. But yay! Um, Get them that a couple extra listeners. Yeah. When they actually do Let's Plays, they heavily edit them. Mm-hmm. And they only keep in the, the main parts of it. And when mm-hmm. they do, because they also do like a film show and they do like journalist stuff. And yeah. uh, they do a lot of listicles and that kind of thing. And like they make a real point of having scripts and like actively uh-huh. trying to be funny. Uh and like playing on these kinds of things and uh are they the guys doing the terrible yoda impression no that's game grumps okay. that's the other one that i care i like but um outside xbox is the, the main one they're the ones who did uh the british people playing hitman okay yeah yeah. <clears throat> I remember so they, they cut out like two-thirds of what they do and then what the, yeah. is the result is that i usually don't lose like yeah. i don't lose my attention because they've intentionally cut this to be as funny as they can make it they're keeping the good stuff yeah, yeah. Uh, and as opposed to us who just throw all this shit at the wall. <laughs> yeah. Well, we are more akin to Game Grumps who records basically everything. Yeah. Well, we probably lose a third of it. I it, per episode I will cut. Yeah. I will They do too, but like I'm not as good at cutting to the bone as I should be, but yeah. I will take stuff out. On <laughs> Dr. Hooch we do nothing. No. You just like <laughs> save post. Mm-hmm. More or less, we we have really? to we have to do an intro. We have to figure out show notes, but that's it. No, I I, I don't remember through. shit. <laughs> <laughs> I listen through, and I, if I feel like something's going on for too long, I'll just cut <laughs> it down. Like this is boring as shit. I wouldn't want to listen yeah. to this. <laughs> we do a lot. Of that. Digression, digression. What was it we called this? Digression cast. Yeah, digression cast. Uh, I rather I like to think of it as a digression cast that occasionally talks about beer rather than <laughs> a beer cra- beer cast that digresses. Well, so when my friend Jeff was on, I sold it to him as like a, a beer centric podcast, and then he actually listened to a couple episodes, and he comes to me the next day. You guys he's like, you guys don't talk about alcohol at all. What the fuck was this? It's why we're a hard sell anywhere because the show we are the Seinfeld <laughs> of Edmonton podcast. It's about nothing. Yeah, 
It's about whatever we want it to be about. And we are okay. Exactly. Once on a blue moon, very funny. Yeah. The rest of the time, we're... I make myself laugh quite frequently. Oh, yeah, me too. You. Nobody else. <laughs> I don't care. Fuck everybody else. Yeah. As long as you're having fun making a podcast, that's what counts. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. you know what? This costs me money. Well, that's also why we've never quite gotten to putting up a Patreon, because then we can't say... For all of your zero dollars. There's one prepared. Yeah. I have one essentially ready to go. If we ever launch that, I think we should do that and get our shirts made. Um, I want my fucking shirt. Do it. Okay, so we'll just have this conversation before we have our real conversation because clearly we're just going to talk about whatever we want. Yeah, that's fine. Um, That's such a a If there's somebody out there who wants to design a t-shirt for us. Oh, yeah. uh, I will happily discuss terms with you that involve pretty much all the profits of selling t-shirts Paul i don't want to make any money selling t-shirts yeah. you can have it all i just want to have a nice looking t-shirt paul is also willing to offer sexual favors for anybody there That's you cool. go there you go whatever you i want. was just gonna offer to pay you a small amount of money and bonus, then give man. you all of the profits up to a certain number on t-shirts <laughs> so if you're out there and you like to draw shit get at me because mm-hmm. I, I don't have a lot of money but i'll buy a t-shirt so. yeah well, pretty much everyone that's been You'll on the show. You'll get at least $2 beyond whatever else we negotiate. Shane really wants a couple of them. I yeah. want a couple of them. Yeah. You want a couple of them. Hey, I wonder if uh, the dude who owns a comic store uh, knows any people who like to draw things for money. <laughs> uh, Brandon's asking be, us on our own show. you got to be really, really <laughs> willing to work on like consignment. I'm. I will contact people on your behalf. How about that? That sounds great. Sounds I, good. Come back. I can't. Week. I can't pay a lot. <laughs> and I, I really am so broke. Uh, but I would happily negotiate a deal where maybe I give you some money and then whatever I sell, you can have the profits uh, on. That. Again. I will put you in contact with people oh and also, you guys can do what you want to do. Good to have friends. Uh, Let's uh, also note that if I ever actually manage to find work in my field, it pays really well. There you yeah. go. All right. So uh, back to the serious topic. And now. this is, so I find Very that podcasts are best while doing other things. I like podcasts while I'm doing the dishes. I like podcasts yes. while I'm otherwise engaging in a mundane, repetitive task. Like, I don't know, driving. <laughs> um, Pay attention to the road. What is that? that? I'd rather yell at the radio <laughs> and a do. Um, and it really, it surprises me that while you're engaged in what is an otherwise a passive activity of walking, mm. that the conversation loses you. Yeah. Um, I would say that like some of that is what I do, what I walk for. Uh, walking for me is explicitly meditative. Okay. Mm. Um, it's not something that I, I really have to think about per se, but if I'm not around people constantly, so like I don't like walking in residential neighborhoods right. because there's too many people, there's yeah. too many cars, there's too much stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but I found some trails of, after living in my apartment for like four and a half years. I found some areas where I can go mm. and be closer to nature and kind of get away from people uh, and just kind of walk. And like I grew up on Vancouver Island. That was a thing I did a fair amount of. I like just being out in nature away yeah. from stuff. Um, and if I can do that for more than about 20 minutes, uh, then I just sort of naturally slip into a kind of breathing meditation, um, which is, I believe, called Anapanasati in uh, forgetting the language now. Um, but it, like it's a, a Buddhist thing. Uh, just focus on the drawing in and out of breath and you just kind of zone out. Uh, and I, I need to do that periodically for my mental health. Uh, just because I find when I don't, I get really out of shape. Yeah. Uh, and so music is conducive to that because okay. I, I find music, it's, it's again, I don't have to actually have my brain on to engage with it. Music is just there. 
it's I enjoy a cognitive it. thing. It's yeah, basically it's, you can. It's part yeah. of my environment. And often, if I if I haven't gone for a long walk in a while, I don't bring music either. It's like I just want to listen to the trees. So, yeah. do you use it as a way to not think your own thoughts? Yeah. And I I actually often slip into not thinking by like working out a plot of a fiction that I'm going to write or something or okay. working through a problem. See, and I I prefer to just let another conversation take over my brain so mm. i have to that that's my way of not thinking my own thoughts it yeah it depends on what kind of person you are honestly like yeah. i i am also a podcast person in general yeah. but my wife i feel like is more of a music person because it's something it's something that she can switch off basically yeah you can turn things off whereas i need to turn things on or else i am on mm. and so if something else is happening then i can be off and that's where my piece is, but I can completely understand where you're well, coming from, Paul. I'd also say there's a corollary to that in that I've taken of late to listening uh, to podcasts on a very low volume to go to sleep. Mm. I have a list um, of yes, podcasts that yes. I listen to to put me to sleep. Uh, Rachel Maddow loves me to sleep every weekday. Here's okay. the thing, though, is that I'm, I'm doing that because I'm explicitly not trying to pay attention to what they're talking about. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I, I keep it at a volume where I can hear what they're saying, but only barely. Right. Uh, and the point is more that if I'm sort of focusing on that, then I'm not thinking my own thoughts. And this is, I think, related to that because I, I, I zone out of podcasts. Mm-hmm. When I'm trying to fall asleep, that's the point. I'm trying to just slip out of yeah. consciousness. Can I can I go on a little I, – I, I want to tell you guys a, a moderate, what I find to be a moderately funny story about I'm myself. I'm going to guess so. It's your podcast. Um, I just want to digress very briefly. So Kelsey and I went to see it maybe a month ago now. By the time mm-hmm. this comes out, yeah. definitely a month ago, which is a great movie. Paul, I know you're not all about the horror mm-hmm. Um, but it is I, for most horror movies. I'm usually tapped out by the third act, and I was like super engaged. Um, but there's a running thing that pays off really well. Spoiler alert for it. Have you have you been? Are you no? Because a my wife is afraid of spookums, and b mm-hmm. I feel very uncomfortable watching movies without my wife. Fair enough. Mm. Yeah. Um, I am still dealing with like being moderately afraid of the dark and having seen a movie about a scary fucking clown. So. But the thing that really that I find gets me is there's in, throughout the movie there are televisions on in the background and at a certain point you realize they're always playing the same thing. Oh, uh, and it pays off in this way that the like they're always talking about. You don't really notice. You have to like to see it twice would be to pick up on everything that the host yeah. of this like children's television show is saying. But eventually she starts telling one of the bully characters to murder his own father with a knife. Uh, and he does because you know, like it's a do. fucking crazy yeah. clown who plays yeah. on your fear. Uh, but now I'm afraid to listen to podcasts in the dark because what if they start telling me to do weird shit like some fucking fear based demon is going to come <laughs> and invade my podcast. I kind of love that. Uh, so I also engage in a lot of apocalyptic thinking. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Just as a digression from that slightly, um, <clears throat> that would be an idea for a really interesting like radio show podcast about a yeah. podcast that gets taken over by mm. it, there's a speaking of narrative fiction podcast i really love this show called the black tapes which is about it starts off as an npr style show about oh the original premise is a woman who interviews people with weird jobs and yeah. then she starts focusing on this one guy who runs uh he's essentially the amazing randy he has like a prize up for if you can prove the existence of the paranormal okay and he's got this like it's called the black tapes he's got this collection of tapes that are unsolved or un undebunked cases essentially and it's yeah. it's a very long multi-season arc but they do another show called tanis 
uh funny enough the guy who hosts that show to me sounds exactly like you um but it's about Fair. this weird nebulous area right so like it's not really clear what tannis is and granted i haven't listened to the whole show i stopped listening a long time ago but the re- the premise that failed to stick for me was that everything about tannis that was posted on the internet in the universe of the show mm-hmm. was instantly removed uh except for this podcast which they seem to like not be able to instantly remove from the internet it was this weird thing where they would be like, oh yeah, this one thing was posted about Tannis, but it wasn't on the internet for very long, and now it's gone. They're just wiping everything about Tannis off the internet, What's except happening? this podcast. Yeah. Uh, it was where their dedication to the reality of the narrative really fell apart for me. Yeah. Well, and, and for me, uh, I watch wrestling, so, you know, the, the idea that... Uh, for for whatever reason, these specific rules don't work, but you can absolutely punch this person in the face if you've decided. Yeah, absolutely, we're fighting right now. <laughs> it, it, for wrestling, is it about the storyline for you? Well, we're on the topic of broad stories and other mediums. Well, yeah, it is. It is an ongoing narrative too. It's also a perpetual second act where you mm-hmm. need to sort of transition to other stories. Yeah, and, and especially in this case, it's about. Technically, it's about real people who have their egos involved and, you know, like, I need to look strong, et cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah, it's it's a it's a very weird situation for for wrestling and stuff. Um, it's dumb. <laughs> like uh, beginning and end, it's dumb. And I'm pretty sure the people who are involved yeah. in it would say it's dumb. But man, you can get paid millions of dollars. It's kind of how I feel about the CW DC stuff. Mm. It's all kind of dumb uh, and and ridiculous. It's Buffy yeah. in, in costume. Uh, uh, Greg Berlanti is my personal hero. Uh, <laughs> Why? Okay, so uh, there's a story you can buy. You're well, getting I like say a story. very short amount of time on this TV uh, thing, and we're yeah, going back to other done. things. Uh, there's this there's this book you can buy called The Million Dollar Kiss. And apparently way the hell back in the day, he was working on uh, Dawson's Creek. Yeah. Now, Dawson's Creek, after the original showrunner left, was given to a person who worked on The X-Files because that dude needed money. Yeah. And uh, there's this part where... Uh, they're trying to figure out how do we go on from here and greg berlanti says uh well pacey and joey kiss now that means nothing to a lot of people who listen to this podcast uh but basically the idea is uh, i want to rattle off several a, a best friend and dawson of dawson's creek uh the significant other of dawson kisses those people end up kissing basically yeah. and it ends up making a million dollars because the show goes on and increases from that point in time, basically. And it's Greg Berlanti, yeah, is the is the in the story the kid who suggests this in this room right. of this person who, again, a person who comes for the X Files who are, who is looking for a job who's like, I don't know what I'm doing for this show. Yeah, this is a teen drama. I don't understand. Yeah. Uh dude goes on to make. Everwood, I personally love that show, uh, and and that show's good. Uh, but he he he's responsible for at this point probably about half 
of the CW's output uh, because he is he is in charge of more or less the DC shows. Yeah. Uh, Arrow, Flash, um, Legends of Tomorrow. Oh, I hate Legends uh, of Tomorrow so much. Black Lightning, which is coming in mid-season. Mm-hmm. Riverdale. He's in charge of Riverdale too. Yes. I don't mind Riverdale. Greg Berlanti. Like the dude figured some shit out. And if you look back, even as far as Everwood, in the first season of Everwood, he's talking about, in, the characters are talking about Green Lantern and manga. Like, the dude's a nerd, and he's, like, yeah. layering it in everything he, that he can, and now he's just like, I did it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the king of everything. Yeah. I get to run, like, five comic book shows, and if Sabrina gets picked up, six. Yeah. And if like other things get picked up and he can, more he can for the rest of his life could walk into a bar and be like put king shark on national television yes that's basically like he's that guy yeah except he's hollywood as well <laughs> like good dude i i wanted to ask paul is no. there a medium besides the written word or moving pictures through which you and in, you intake narrative fiction Sometimes in a digital format, though I I don't I don't love it. Um, I think part of that, like I'll I'll read like on a computer screen mm-hmm. or something. Uh, part of that I think is just related to the, that I have really 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 bad eyesight. Um, I am severely nearsighted. For mm-hmm. those who wear glasses, wearers, my prescriptions are well into the negative nines, so wow. like, I'm blind. Um, and I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you know what I'm talking about. Friends, yeah. Another reason this. not to have yep. children. Yeah, I, I, I think I cited <laughs> blindness, but yeah, definitely up there. Mom was blind as a bat too. Um, but like, I tend to, I, I find it more draining to read something on a screen, which is why I don't own like a tablet reader. If, if mm-hmm. I ever end up in a position where I travel more often than I do, then I'll get one. But um, I mean, medium. I don't know that really counts as medium because it's still the written words. So. Yeah. Not. I like plays. But even then, I don't really go to a lot of them. Like, you could. The city has a vibrant theater scene. Well, I don't. I actually really don't much care for Fringe. Oh, nobody said anything about going to Fringe. I like I like plays. I just, I don't go. It's like going to a concert. I love music. Yeah. I don't really feel a lot of draw to go and see live really? performances. So, I really like going to Fringe, but I have a very specific need out of my Fringe experience, yeah. and I don't mind seeing something that I don't ultimately like. Well, you're also way... I mean, you were a director. You were engrossed I've in the... I've directed th- a couple of things. I, you were a director of plays at some point, and I've never been involved in performance, because mm-hmm. I, I don't... I can't even play D&D, because that involves too much of a performative aspect for me, even though I'd enjoy it, yeah. I think, outside of that. Um, so probably not... Mm. I, I obviously love books. I I really enjoy like TV and movies up to a point. But like even even with TV and movies, like I'm kind of notorious for not really being a big movie guy. I yeah. will watch a year's worth of movies over two weeks and then not watch another movie for six months. It was a struggle for me to sit down and commit to watching The Last Temptation of Christ. It's almost a yeah. three-hour movie. I was like, fuck, that's so long. Which is interesting. I have the same experience where I will sit down and watch 12 hours of a TV show. Oh, right. 12 episodes and because be like, Because cool. I can stop at any... I can, in theory, stop at a reasonable yeah. point, like at a defined end point of a certain Even if it's a cliffhanger, story. it's still a like, well, all right, that's where this episode is going to end. The credits yeah. have rolled. I'm going to go to bed. Exactly. But if it's a movie... It's like, well, I'm not going to turn it off an hour in and go to sleep. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense because narr- serialized narrative <laughs> storytelling is going to end in the same fucking way. Yeah, exactly. Because the story's not done. You could end on an 
action at the end of an action beat and come back and it would be just like you were watching exactly. a television show. But it's something mentally there's a block of like even even Game of Thrones. I will sit down and watch an hour and a half episode of Game yeah. of Thrones and not really think about it. But if I have a an hour and 40 minute movie, I'm going to go like, "Oh, I really want to watch the whole thing." So I, I don't know why. So let's plays are really the closest you get to uh a yeah. story being played out in a in a, a in a non-conventional way. But I would actually even say that 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 kind of uh, there there's a twist on that too because I often find many of those are then too short because a lot of them are like ten to fifteen minutes and I will sit down and watch forty of them in a sitting because that's like a couple hours of TV yeah. to me, right? Um, yeah. So like if I'm going and digging for something to watch that's not a freshly posted episode, I will often look for the like forty-five minute episodes. Mm. Mm. Uh, because like that's what they're doing. They sit down and record for a couple hours yeah. and then just cut it up, right? Yeah. Uh, which is why it's it's easy to just do that. But like I would rather sit down and watch a forty-five minute one episode rather than have to go through the like. Okay, here's the intro. Here's the outro. Here's the intro. Here's the outro. Like, all right. Do I have to skip through an ad? All right. Yeah. Um, but it's, yeah. So like I I would say a let's play is probably the closest that I would come to watching a different kind of like semi. It's not scripted. Most of the time, but damn, damn it, I want to talk about more TV now because <laughs> I've started to develop an affinity for the for the half hour sitcom in okay, shows yeah. like The Goldbergs, Blackish. Uh, I feel like sitcoms have come back. Basically, yeah. There's a show called Life in Pieces, which is this four part yep. vignette that stars Tom or Tom Hanks's kid Colin Hanks and one of the the older Brolin uh, Orange oh. County's Colin Hanks yes exactly you know actually I'm gonna go back a half a second I was just lying through my teeth video games oh yeah how many times have we talked how many hours have we spent talking about Fallout <laughs> on this fucking we, we, podcast we almost started an entire separate show about that game <laughs> or that series sorry I will say like I I am not huge into video games, just really more more because of time, yeah, than anything else. Well, I really love video games, but I don't play a lot of them. And I, I, I almost, I the only game I bought at full price in the past like fifteen years was Fallout Four. Okay, I, um, and I I can understand that. I sacrifice sleep for video games. Oh, I don't. Yeah, I will play till like three in the morning and not realize that well, I, and feel like I've and, done nothing. I assume and, it's what it's like to do crack. And <laughs> and weirdly, that's why I can't do video games is because I have a three-stage system. It's one, I play it for an hour and I'm like, oh, cool, that was fun. I play uh, then the second time I play for two hours. I'm like, oh, cool, that was fun. But maybe I should cut back a little bit. And then the third time I play for eight hours and I go, oh my God, I need to not do this. See, I, I can't play for a long time because it, it de- it's detrimental to my mental health. And that... um. Like there was a when Fallout Four came out, there was an afternoon where I spent like six hours just playing that. And exactly. I wasn't yeah. even. It wasn't even so much that like uh, I thought, oh well, I sh- there were better things I could have done with my day. It's like my day is now gone. I feel kind of like almost headachey, uh, and like th- I, it just I don't like how quickly it goes by. It's why I can't sleep in really late. Um, even today, yeah. I have a friend staying with me, and we were playing uh, some co-op Borderlands Two this morning. Yeah. And when we went on a grocery run, I was saying like. It, like we were weren't didn't even sleep in all that late today, but I feel like the day just kind of disappeared. What the hell happened? I'm like, played oh, video well, games. We played video games for like two hours, and then I played Doom for a couple hours. My my brain literally tells me you fucked up. Yeah, and that's that's my problem. Yeah. Is that's why I stop at the point. third time. Basically, is because my brain literally says to me, "You fucked this up." Like you can play for an hour, but this is not what you did this time. And then I yeah. stop. Inter- yeah, that's a really interesting way to look at it. I uh I was pl- 
playing new no i was playing fallout 4 and there's a glitch in my nuka cola nuka world where you picked up two spacesuits and you can't drop them no uh well that too but also i can't get into the mine in the western town there's some kind of glitch with the key that i can't open the fucking safe Mm. and i looked at how far i would have to go back and it was (laughs) two days worth of gameplay and i was like i thought about it for a minute i was like do i want to i really want to fucking get in this and finish this I consider I w- doing that for the spacesuit, to be honest. It was the battle of the completionists and the, like, do I want to put two more fucking days into this thing to reaccomplish everything? Oh, it was torn. <laughs> and then I went to my secondary character and just started Nuka World from the beginning. <laughs> She's much cooler and has I, an awesome Warhammer. I, I actually yeah. started a new, entire new campaign <laughs> when I got to that point where I'm like, I don't have any room left in my inventory and I can't drop these because it's bugged out. Whatever, I'm nearly done. Let's just start a new one. <laughs> I almost restarted New Vegas, and I'm like, no, I'm really too far to want to restart this. I want it. Did I tell you I lost my copy of that? It disappeared in the hole in my... No. So we were talking off off mic about the fact that there is a black hole in my yeah. apartment somewhere. Um, I recently very aggressively cleaned and reorganized my apartment, and I had a stack of the video games that I was playing sitting on the table with my TV on it. And it had all of the things that I was currently playing or wanted to. And I had just installed New Vegas on my Xbox One. Uh, I was I actually had a plan. I, I was going to clean for two weeks. And then I was going to start a new New Vegas campaign. Because it is my favorite video game of all time. Yeah. And uh, all of the games that were sitting in that stack with it are in the new place that I am keeping my video games. New Vegas is nowhere to be found. Oh, no. And it had cost me like 20 bucks to replace it yeah. online. It's nothing. It's just like the principle of it all yeah it's here it's gotta be here it has to be because like you're did, not gonna walk out did you it lend it to me for is some the reason. copy of no. new vegas i have yours is it oh is it game of the year edition? no then no so Perfect. yeah I, I had this whole afternoon where i cleaned for like five hours and i was scrubbing and i'm like great i'm gonna have a shower and then i'm gonna reward myself with starting a new campaign and then I spent two hours trying to find the desk. Oh, and it's that would be the worst. Uh, and then I got all sweaty again because I was digging through my closets. and it was So like, you Ooh. started to act like an addict. You're like, where the fuck is it? It's in here somewhere. You're scratching your arm. Just like, <laughs> oh, my God. Waiting for this for years. <laughs> um, but I, I, you're right. It is, a, it is a form of intensely immersive narrative storytelling. Which has also been a Absolutely, big... Yeah. I mean, not that I want to raise the dreaded specter, but like that was part of what sparked off Gamergate and the not actual reasons behind it that they claimed were the reasons behind it. Gamergate. Games are art. Well, no, we just don't like women and ladies are invading our male space. But <laughs> anyways, not my point. Um, Huge thing about comics right now, too. Yeah. yeah. Huge that, thing about really like everything up to including the presidency. There's more than 15% <laughs> ladies in my the space. The amount of people. You're taking over. If you can look, if you're listening to this podcast and you can say that, uh, if you and you can make in some shape, form, or fashion the argument that Hillary was just a bad candidate, fuck you, fuck you, and stop listening to my show right now. Stop it. I don't care. You're you're taking an Eminem line in the sand. Yes, I am. Fuck you. Oh fuck! Before you guys shut up, there was a thing that I came across on Twitter earlier this week, which I'm just going to read because yeah, do it. Do we like that Eminem thing? Well, we're just well, digressing into everything. You know what? Like I have it? I haven't seen it yet, but also uh, when you say Eminem something like, that happened with Eminem, I'm just like, go on. <laughs> so my my position on that is that he was like the ur edge lord back in the day. Yeah, yeah, true. And that I, fact. I, I have real mixed feeling. Can't also, confirm. 
there was a, a stunt he pulled in like 2006 where he and 50 Cent and like Dr. Dre or something. I believe were, you mean 50 Cent. 50 Cent, sorry. Yeah. My white guy is showing. Yeah. 50 Cent, <laughs> I believe it's called. Um, where Eminem was like pretend running for president and Trump was on stage and endorsed him. Oh my God. No. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is another one of these, like, I just. Mm. I. Yeah. But is, he's also grabbed the collar and you're just like, uh. is that as bad as the Jimmy Fallon hair toss? Oh, I would say worse personally, because Jimmy Fallon is. Oh, like, uh, we got political fast. Okay, <laughs> Sorry, so my bad. The tweet that I came across, the tagline for like, the person this says, uh, imagine trying to explain this to someone from 2006. And the headline is potential Senate candidate Kid Rock fires back at Eminem for his anti-president Trump freestyle rap. <laughs> I do what a time that. to be alive. What a time to be alive. And also uh, there was a film festival operating under the hypothetical. What if Bernie Sanders had won the presidency? But people keep saying to Hillary, can't you just go away and be quiet now? You lost. Uh, Did... Um, does the uh, maybe we, we must have talked about this on the show before does the current state of complete and utter fuckery lead to a immersion in narrative fiction that just like the rest of the world a, can go away apocalypse narratives i think was the one right. we talked about but that's this what we can't to. we can't engage in anymore well not we not everybody um yeah. but was talked about it's a, it is it's a struggle to engage in an apocalypse narrative and there's two ways to go about that yeah it's either throw yourself into shit like that so if the world is fuck up you're like i'd like to watch some bojack so i can see a man whose world is completely falling apart yeah because oh. mine is completely falling apart. my apocalypse narrative is very different mine is a uh like mainline movie marathon of dread and fury road wow. fury road oh. was on when i left the house today i i actually am can, i watched that like two months ago and i'm definitely at a point where i'm like i watched the cinemason video about that today and i'm like i could definitely watch that again my life sucks right now i this is oh yeah i love the entire existence of judge dread because yeah. it's basically britain looking at america going like what the fuck? what is happening and uh, this this perfect outsider's view of of basically no and it's been happening for i want to say 30 years it, it premiered in the 80s for sure because um, they're over issue 2000 yeah. now. I remember this very but specifically. But Judge Dredd is is a part of 2000 AD, right? Exactly. Yeah. And that's and that, and that's part of why I know it's over 2000. Bringing us back to very other excited mediums. about that. Um, that. That movie is so good. Dredd is such uh, a good movie. That is... Yes. It's a perfect... For it's what a it perfect is. adaptation yeah. of a fucking secondary medium. Yeah. Um, which seems to be happening. It's we've now reached the tipping point with podcasts where they're starting to get their own television shows. Like Lore, True. famously has its own show now. Well, we're also has as, its own television show. As I said in part one of this, we're getting Lore. to the point where the spinoff of podcasts yeah. of Let's Plays are getting their own actual like yeah. scripted TV shows. Well, uh, I guess Mark Maron has his own TV or yeah. had, it, or has or had. Yeah, I he had remember. his own show for a while. But yeah, on like, Showcase or Showtime yeah, or something. It wouldn't have happened otherwise. No. You know, okay, because um, I, I, I thought we had hit on we were just hitting on adaptations of other storytelling when we talked about dread. Because uh, yeah. I also, uh, Brandon is also the reason I know what maybe not the reason I know what martial law is, but the reason I've read martial law mm. is because Brandon ordered it for me, mm -hmm. which is a uh, kind of a satirical yeah. take yeah. on Frank Miller's influence on well, comics. And again, that's Pat Mills, that's 2000 AD style, yeah, yeah. 
uh, but commissioned by a U.S. Pers- uh, yes. personality, basically. It, it's a it's America's version of Judge Dredd. Like if America yeah. was if an American was going to make Judge Dredd, exactly. they would make martial law. It's mm. it's Pat Mills who did a lot of 2080 stuff, and um, Kevin O'Neill who mm. does uh, the Legion of Extraordinary Gentlemen or whatever, whatever. What's that called? Did I get that right? The League of League Extraordinary, Extraordinary Gentlemen. League of Extraordinary The movie Gentlemen. that killed Sean Connery's film career? Yeah. <sighs> he's in that stupid animated he hasn't, kids show. He hasn't been in anything since then because he retired. No, he's he's done so. Has he? Okay, yes, he's done he, voice work. After that, he announced he was done with acting. Yeah, but he also said yeah. he was done with acting until Scotland was a free nation. So who knows why he He also beats his wife. Time. So like, who cares? Who cares about that fucking <laughs> that guy? Dude has some ideas, but has a great voice. Um, it's true. And an accent that doesn't exist in anywhere. No. Exactly, like completely unique, which is why people try and do it. As, as an offside, just what we're talking about, bad Scottish accents. Um, I was a very big fan of Craig Ferguson's Late Late Show. Yes, in because the, he's great. Well, he's amazing, particularly in his later seasons where he kind of just like stopped caring. And, yeah, like, and got like ridiculously sexual and flirty, and like started having his fucking like robot skeleton doing like dances with his fucking yeah. It's oh. it's it's definitely on the record where he stopped caring oh, in yeah. general. And he even said like that I was gonna quit, and they offered me so much money that I couldn't do it. And I'm like, I guess. Yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, in one of his really really early seasons, like in mm-hmm. 2006, I think it would have been because I watched this when I was in Hawaii right before I moved here. Yeah. Uh, he had a bit about uh, the guy that played Scotty on the original Star Trek. Oh wow. Because obviously Craig Ferguson is Scottish, and the guy who played Scotty is Canadian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his, I forget the the actual like guts of the bit, but it was essentially like we watched this back home and went like, this guy's Pakistani, if he's anything. <laughs> oh yes, sir. We cannot make the show go ship go any faster. And like, what water is this? Doesn't come from anywhere, and yet people bought it. Yeah, because they're like, oh, this sounds like something that I don't realize is Scottish. Yeah. Now, not to denigrate the guy that played Scotty, because he no. was a decent person and a fucking badass. He was a war hero. Yes, exactly. Uh, but, like, bad accent. Um, jiggle the handle. Huh? Why don't you jiggle the handle? I was trying to put a beat so you could cut that out. My toilet doesn't work well. Matt just went to pee. We were very good at it not being evident in the show. Terrible. But it doesn't flush properly, and sometimes you got to jiggle it or it runs, and I hear it and it bugs me. Come on, Matt. Get your shit together. Literally. <laughs> Literally. So, Paul, you were saying that there was one more point you wanted to touch on. It was. I wanted to get to the adaptations between one. Yeah. Um, actually, I have a question for both of you that I will get to. With yeah. Lay it on me, man. Um, well, okay, so I'm the non-comics fan in the room. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Matt and I have been in sync tonight, too. This is great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, well, so there, there, I guess that's a two-part question since we were talking about video games earlier. And I'm going to pose this as a let's get back to this first bit in a, a minute, but keep it in the back of your head. Cool. Yeah. Uh, why is it that even with the best of intentions and the best of cast and producers and everything else, there really haven't been much if any good video game adaptations to anything else because I, video games are oh, sorry well no i i have thoughts about this too but like this isn't the main question i wanted to pose you guys because okay. mm-hmm. we haven't talked about this kind yeah, of before because video games are already movies that you get to play in well kind of but get back to that in a second um and i, I asked this specifically thinking of the assassin's creed movie because that is if ever there was a, a franchise which could have been adapted pretty easily to my mind into a mm-hmm. cinematic version that is a cinematic video game series i mean 
one of the mechanics of that is climbing up on a high height and then having a pretty shot around yeah there. like and it had fucking fastbender like who was one of the, arguably one of the better actors of right. our generation yeah who was also the one who was like producing it he was a fan of the games and he wanted mm. to do good adaptation and it's boring as shit i've never seen it i watched the first half hour on netflix and i'm like what the fuck is this garbage um anyway that wasn't the actual yeah. question i want to pose what i want to pose is why is it that they're it seems as though it took up until Iron Man before they made a good comic book adaptation to a movie. I would yeah. disagree. Um, mm. well, okay, so Blade. <laughs> okay, are we? <laughs> it's a. It is a, a a rather faithful adaptation of a comic book character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it's yeah. Still, it's also super campy though. Yeah, but um, Blade but is super campy. again does so comics. But, what I would yeah. say though is that in terms of like making an action movie that was crossover appeal and not leaning into the camp. Okay. Um, because like there's an argument to be made that the uh, Ted Burton's 1989 Batman was a good, uh, like decent movie, but it was also campy <laughs> yeah. as fuck. But I, I think there are steps, right? Well, uh, so no, the, the, the examples that I would specifically cite would be like Iron Man one and yep. the Dark Knight. Yeah. As what are generally universally regarded but, as good action movies that yeah. just happen to be based off of comic books, and I'm pretty bored with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, oh, but, but that Ragnarok movie looks so good. I'm gonna see it. it really, but there does. are rare ones that I'm actually gonna go yeah. watch. The, the few and far between are good. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. So, well, the, the and like even within that, it, I think you can pretty reliably say all of the MCU movies are gonna be watchable. Yeah. Yeah. There is a debatable level of quality. Um, I would say like the first Guardians of the Galaxy was pretty yeah. good. I watched the second one this week. It was not to my taste. There is. But so I would also good. say that's because it became more comic booky. Just well, say and, fuck. And the the biggest problem with that movie is there's no stakes. Yeah. Yeah. Zero. Well, and also it's just goofy. Like, yeah. His dad's a planet, for some reason. Spoilers. No. Uh, even even when there's danger where where uh, Rocket and Yandu are in prison, there's no stakes. They literally get out for no reason. And like this is, so what I would say that's is that's a writer, ladies and gentlemen. That's a writer. Marvel. Yeah have done uh they've got their formula down you can yeah. you know you're gonna go into it you're gonna there's gonna be some stuff that's kind of funny well i think there's a conversation to be had here okay. doctor strange is beat for beat it's iron man iron man it's it's literally iron yeah. man beat for beat except iron man like magic and acid yeah so but okay let me just finish wrap sorry go ahead yeah finish, me off, man. finish i'm sorry i'm so sorry <laughs> I said you were gonna give you 30 I'm seconds so do sorry. it i'm so sorry you got this uh so the way that I would frame that is that there have been decades of attempts to translate comic books onto the screen. I mean, yes. fuck, uh, what's his name? Is Lou Ferrigno was famous for playing the Hulk. Yeah. And not necessarily well. Adam West, Batman, again. Can't. But Lou Ferrigno is still the Hulk. Uh, the original Judge Dredd movie. I will cut you. <laughs> no, seriously, he's the fucking Hulk. Uh, yes. My point is more just that it was... Those movies could be fun. They could be even generally yeah. regarded as well done. They may have had good casts. Yeah. But... Everything up until like Iron Man that I can think of, at least. that was the tipping point. Iron yeah, yeah. Man For and sure. Dark Knight are the first that weren't like super campy in mm-hmm. some way or another, and that weren't leaning into the fact that comic books were generally still kind. They of took pursued. it seriously. It's earnest. Yeah, they took them seriously, and it, because other adaptations, uh, again, like the Batman movies of the nineties, eighties, and nineties, were like very much leaning into the these are stories for kids yeah. that are sometimes really silly. So, as two fans of the medium, uh, why is it you think that it took until? those movies and particularly from my mind because they were both post iraq war ii okay and there Ooh. was a, there was a change in the cultural zeitgeist after 9-11 and yeah. like gulf war ii where 
there was a, a, a greater gravitas, like, like more gravity yeah. to all of it. Like Grant, look, Grant Morrison has written an entire book about will, just yeah. this subject. If, yeah. if you look at, at like pop culture as a whole in the mm-hmm. mid-aughts, it went really dark. Yeah. Or it went really goofy. It's well, because up until that point, again, Grant Morrison has written a whole book about the ebbs and flows of comic book storytelling mm-hmm. and how we how it goes from very like there's I think a, by the moon. Uh, yeah, there's authority. <laughs> well, he ties it to cultural waypoints. Yeah. Like 9-11. But there's there's fluctuations of of uh, like high pro authority storylines and high anti authority storylines. And he actually adjusts his storytelling to suit. So, yes. And this is this is kind of the crux of my question for this, because uh iron man like the first iron man's plot is explicitly he's selling arms that ended up mm. in the hands of terrorists yeah. yes and then he gets captured by them and he has a come to jesus moment where he goes oh i need to change it's a redemption I'll, I'll, story yeah and then dark knight um one of the really popular like fan theories of the origin of the joker is that he was a, a soldier in iraq you know what interesting I'll, i've never I'll, heard that he's coming back like he's he's making commentary about uh, you know, there's a, a line where he says that uh, soldiers are just lined up to die and nobody cares because that's what they're there for. Yeah. And that his whole thing is like, the system has failed us. We've got to rip it down. Yeah. Um, and so there is a, a, I think it's not ever going to be said one way or the other, but I think there's a good argument to be made that at least that interpretation of the character and what went into creating that mm-hmm. was based on the cultural experiences of having gone to war and the context of Iron Man and they both came out within a yeah, yeah, couple years of each yeah. other. So yeah. but um, I, do you so, think that that's, that was like, sorry, I'm talking oh, over yeah, it, do but it. like to my mind, I feel as though the current era of like comic book superhero Is, adaptations as being like just serious action movies couldn't have happened without those movies. Yeah. And, and are you it, tying that directly to American intervention in Iraq? Not necessarily, but I'm, I, that's the question I want to pose to you guys is, do you think that that more serious, the, the cultural tone that led to the more serious and grounded approach on comics was necessary for that to become mainstream? Yeah. Or do you think that would have happened either way? Well, I'll, I'll tell you why for a more monetarily uh, standpoint, Marvel specifically for Iron Man and all of that stuff, uh, they went and bought back the rights from mm-hmm. when they were in bankruptcy to Iron Man, Thor, and uh, all I their B, Hulk as well. All their B characters. Yeah, uh, they bought them back, and they they got an incredible loan. Uh-huh. And if Iron Man hadn't gone well, they would have been bankrupt. Okay, so hard. And I think an essential part of that story is that all of those characters, up until that point, were B level characters. Yeah. Yeah. And and what they ended up doing, because like it was A characters for the Marvel universe specifically, mm-hmm. but what they ended up doing was this Marvel creative committee, which included Brian Michael Bendis, who up until I will, I will say now, because honestly he doesn't really represent now storytelling. No. Whereas he did the, the actual 2000 storytelling, not 2010 storytelling. Yeah. Um, and, and a whole bunch of people who really understood why, stories happened why why things happen and and whatever and they they built this this uh system where they could basically say like okay here's why this character is popular here's why these uh, we're telling this story and even even back in the day stories are cyclical history is cyclical um iron man existed back in the day again as sort of a parable about uh, hey, maybe don't give mm. 
weapons to etc etc uh american uh, whatever don't perpetuate war yeah it's parabolic storytelling yeah exactly uh comics are very cyclical storytelling Mm. format because they don't stop Mm. uh the world is very weirdly uh cyclical storytelling because again it doesn't stop you can just make money off it forever yeah it, the world in general, like real life, is cyclical storytelling because you kind of cycle back to these stories. And Iron Man ended up hitting in this area and had these people who understood story mm-hmm. being a part of the the narrative. And because Marvel owned this property, leased it out for an incredible amount of money, basically, mm-hmm. and and had storytellers be a part of it, they realized that this was part of this cycle. And again, I feel like that's where uh, Christopher Nolan came in. He realized it was yeah. kind of part of the cycle. And, you know, there's but there's the, problems with those movies. The, oh, big time. But the story, yeah. not the story, but the tone that Nolan was striking had been struck before. Yeah. There is so much of The Dark Knight Returns in... Nolan's movies right up to yeah. the the lights going down on the cop car and the, the exactly. rookie and the older cop but you kind of you kind of put that in in the context and whatever and what sort of needs to be set in a certain area and a certain era or whatever and it it makes sense and then you hit it at the right tone it's it's basically like you you have a giant fucking bell and you know you hit it in the wrong spot it's gonna go like bang. but you hit it in the right spot it goes Bing, like really loud, and that's kind of what it is. That a big part of those movies that he nails Bruce Wayne, yeah, really fair. well. Yeah, uh, those are ultimately <laughs> stories about Bruce Wayne, not necessarily about Batman. That's uh, and he nails Bruce Wayne extremely yeah. well. Uh, one of the best written lines in comic book film. It's not what I do, or it's not who I am, but what I do that defines me. That's or uh, what, what's the other one? Uh, why do we fall down mm. so that we can learn to pick ourselves up? Yeah. Uh, two essential elements of of the story of the character. Really mad at myself because I had just thought of a, a kind of corollary to that that I was really interested in asking you guys. Hmm. And as I was wrapped up in what you were saying, I promptly lost it. Oh no! Um, well, I, do, I do have another related uh, okay. comment though, um, which is so we've talked about how comics have, in some aspects, had an impact on other forms of media and storytelling. Hmm. Uh, I would also note the reverse is now true because. Marvel, like the MCU has become like we're gonna get a Marvel movie at least yeah. once a year, and that will oh happen. at that least will happen. once a year. It's actually three times. Okay, because we're still waiting yeah. on Black Panther. That's and gonna happen until they stop making Thor. money. Yeah, which is probably gonna be a long. Fucking Same with Star Wars now. movies. So mm-hmm. how do we feel about the fact that there is now going to be a new Star Wars movie every year until after we all are dead? I I have things to say about this, but okay. The reason why I ask this is specifically in the comics context because. If you are a fan of like the big mainstream comics, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, I'm not. So forgive me if I'm I'm no getting problem. this wrong. But yeah. I assume there is the assumption that you know the stories of your characters are never going to be over, even yeah. if yeah. an arc wraps up and they have like gotten to a point where they can't write themselves out of it. They're just going to move over a multi one yep. universe over. Pretty much. Yeah. Basically, the asterisk on that is corporate owned. Yes. Yeah. And I, I do mean that. Like. Yeah. Exactly. Marvel, yeah. The, like, you are never going to have. Oh, um, Matt is telling you to look closer to the mic. Microphone. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Microphone voice. <laughs> so 
that that is like part of the contract of being a like yes. Iron Man fan is you're never gonna yeah. get an end to the story. So no, there's gonna be really excellent periods of storytelling and where really somebody shit. Who, and really shitty ones. So mm-hmm. um, for those who don't know me, I am a very big Star Wars nerd, and I always have been. I read a massive chunk of the old expanded universe. I have yeah. feelings about what they've done with it. I have thoughts about the new movies. Um, I'm having to come to grips with the idea that as a Star Wars fan. I'm I will likely die before that saga is done. Yep. And I'm not sure how I feel about that because uh when I was younger, I, I got really into the Wheel of Time. Um before right, Robert yeah. Jordan died. Yeah. And uh I think that Sanderson did a fine job finishing it mm-hmm. as best as best as he could. Um but when the guy died, that was something that I, I did kind of think about is what happens if a story I'm really invested in? What if I die before it's over? If I get hit by a car tomorrow and I never know how this ends? Obviously, I'm not going to care after I'm dead. But yeah. like the idea of not ever having, having that an end, end for me that. is something that I'm really uncomfortable with. I've, and so the idea that like I'm pretty heavily invested in the Star Wars movies, even yeah. though I think a lot of them are shit. Uh, I, I will go firmly on the record that like season three through to five or whatever of Clone Wars is what the prequels should have been because mm-hmm. they got weird and cool. But I'm never going to know the end of Star Wars. So how do we feel about that kind of mo- migrating out of comics and um, things that are more mainstream? It's probably better for you in the long run. So to what we I was saying before about about uh, when you know a show is about to end, yeah. I think the Game of Thrones fans need to adjust their fucking attitudes yeah. about what the end of that show is going to be because they're going to be disappointed. It's exactly. either going to be fantasy or it's going to be politics. I mean, so you you really are in this luxury position of knowing exactly how the Star Wars universe ends, and it's exactly the perfect ending for you because it's the one that you've conceived of, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I have thoughts about the way they're handling that series in general. And like one of them is they need to stop firing directors yeah. big time. Um, as I'm sure I've said to Brandon, as I'm sure I've said to you, I'm not sure if I've said it on mic. Let's pretend I'm famous Hollywood action director and Disney comes to me and says, hey, we'd really like you to direct a Star Wars movie. I was like, okay, so you want me to spend a year and a half minimum yeah. of my life yeah. on a movie that I have zero creative control over that's not even going to have my like family resemblance of the way I make movies well, it's on Edgar it. Wright and Ant-Man or it's it's Joss Whedon saying like well, I don't want to do any more Avengers movies because it's like five years of my life right so there's that, that ties into this so <laughs> yeah. you, and to, at the ultimately you could be fired at any time so that they can say that Matthew Vaughn directed the Boba Fett movie like fuck you I'd rather spend time on something I'm creatively invested in and Marvel movies what surprises me is that Disney does this in a universe where they let Thor is a Kenneth Branagh movie Iron Man is a John Favreau movie Iron Man 3 is a Shane Black movie yes it is uh they let with the exception of Edgar Wright they really let guys come in and put their stamp on their character while driving their narrative forward that Thor Ragnarok movie looks like the best Thor movie they're going to release it please please acknowledge that many people have been fired from a Marvel movies before is that right yes Edgar Wright Mm -hmm. who else you know what I am fairly tipsy right now, and I cannot remember exactly. Is that okay? So I'm then I'm mistaken. Yeah, I assume that the Marvel ship was pretty people, tight. There's been a few people in Marvel. Um, Patty Jenkins was going to direct a Thor movie. I th- believe the second one. Okay, yeah, interesting. I, I didn't know that. Yeah, and was was uh, tossed off of it. Um, and so there there are these sort of uh, ideal. Uh, things where they do toss off the people. They they grab the people that they're like, oh, we feel like you're going to do this. But then then it comes to the point where they're like, 
but we have a certain idea and specific. Okay. So format. I so I didn't realize that. That's fair. And but but I still feel that they let it's, their. It's directors... literally like this is my br- literally my bread and butter. Yes, fair enough. So that it's is totally fair. All like it's internalized in me. So like when people when people are like oh I didn't realize that I'm like yeah no that's okay it's really fine. Um, but I I think the point still stands that Marvel movies look like their directors ultimately when they come out for the most part, are reflections of the of the people who made them. See, I don't know that I'd agree with that. The I've seen the Avengers movies and they don't they don't feel like Serenity or Firefly to me. They really feel like Joss Whedon is one of the few people who would learn what mewling quim meant so that he could call somebody that in a movie. I don't like him. I really I, I used to. I don't yeah, like him now. Uh, I, I, per, I yeah, we don't need to We're gonna go down a huge yeah, rabbit hole. That's fair. Right? That's, that's 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 an not, entire episode my, of itself. My point was yeah. not to bring that up specifically, that's but fair. the yeah. rest of his work to me has a particular feel. The Avengers doesn't have it. Okay. That's and see I mm-hmm. feel it feels a lot like a Joss Whedon movie. Okay. Well, because I, I would actually say of any of those, when Brana directed the first Thor movie, it was all of this hype about how it was Shakespearean and it was not. Again, there's, I feel it's a very Brana esque movie. Uh, honestly, it's it's one of those things where there's moments that feel like it, but the broader thing okay. I do believe feels more like a a specific idea in general. Um, and now uh, this might be personal experience, um, but I remember watching the Iron uh, the sorry the Ant Man movie, and um, I have no idea why this coalesced things for me, but uh, uh, the idea that uh, a train exploding from a room and or a house and my my father-in-law going oh that's gonna be expensive uh weirdly coalesced things for me were like oh this is a fun idea but it's not sort of uh, it's not a specific idea yeah and that's how it's i feel like the a... marvel brand is in general so do you think they're still working on the Marvel method? Like even in their films, they're oh they're putting the oh, pictures God, no. together. It's, it's and not so much a specific method. It's literally like we have our ideas, and here's what we kind of need you to do. I believe the best people at it are the Russo brothers, yeah. because the Civil War, Civil uh, Captain America movie, good. Oh no, Civil War is a terrible movie. No, yeah, no, yes. I disagree with you. Wait very a minute, specifically wait a minute about this. Which one has Robert Redford in it? Uh, that was Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier is a great movie. Civil War is garbage. Civil War is low stakes shit. Wait, villain. wait, 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 wait. Yeah, no, no, no. I am thinking of Civil War. Civil War is the third movie, right? It's so, the third Captain America okay. movie. Yeah. So what? It's sorry, the one with what I like about what I like about that movie is the idea that it uh, all of these big dumb events are big dumb events, and then the climax is small. They they basically they basically say it's big and dumb and it's dumb because it's big and then instead of going big and it, it might have been because I saw uh, Batman Superman right afterwards which has the same idea at the core where it's like these things got okay. wrecked oh, all of these things got wrecked and that's bad and then Civil War says the climax is small it's two people fighting it about ideas so heavily on Quin- the plot is so hinged on coincidence <laughs> all right i think i'm i'm gonna call a pin in that one do it 
Uh, Please do. Matt is now starting. That's going to be a long. Well, thing. Matt is starting to verge into uh, my critiques of every, literally every superhero comic. No, and I realize ever. that. I, but <clears> they're agreed because superhero stuff is bonkers. To yeah. tie it all together, I do think that comic, the existence of comic books, has helped propel forward the idea of long form narrative storytelling. Yeah. Especially because it's easy to extrapolate those properties into the visual medium and do stuff you can't do on the page. Agreed. Uh, some of those are going to be really cool. Uh, some of them are going to be shit. Just shit. It's how mediums work in general. Mm -hmm. Some of it's good. Some of it's bad. Yep, pretty much. What do you do? Uh, I really wish that Guillermo del Toro had got his Dark Justice League movie made. That would have been fucking awesome. Well, he understands how to tell visual storytelling yes he does visual uh it's funny that uh, that's the same argument i make about Zack snyder is that he's the most overpromoted director of photography in hollywood history i mean well and gimmo Toro understands story more than Zack snyder like, yes he does. that's a fact period i really enjoy his hellboy movies i would mm. also say uh disagree on Zack snyder jj abrams no, JJ JJ Abrams is a is a kid with action figures. He's never really made an original Red movie Matter in his in life. Star Trek. Uh, they're all fan movie. Like he he makes fan fiction for a living. Yeah, the dude created Fel uh, Felicity. That show is great. <laughs> tying that back to sorry, I, I just had actually, I had a fun time saying that. Tying Felicity back or tying what we were talking about earlier to the last episode because. Yeah. The lady who was a star in Felicity is the female lead in The Americans. Bam! Mm -hmm. Nailed it. All right. It all comes together. Boom. Coherent. Every time we do the show, we like to close by talking about things that we are sad when they're over. Yeah. A little um, recommendation of sorts. A yes. We'll do a reco. It can be. It can really be anything. Music, television, film. I saved my fud. big one for this one. Well, why don't I'll, you? I'll, why I'll, don't you? No, no, no. Let our guests go first. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a couple of seconds. I am please. also the is that soberest the person podcast here, version so. of concern trolling. Like, no, no, no. You go first. Oh, okay. no, that was what I, I just said. That. Of I'm the one who's soberer than you two. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Probably. I need to run this shit. Oh, almost. Is I, I'm, Paul is the captain now. I'm going to probably eat and walk around for an hour after yeah. this. Yep. So, Fair. yeah, um, uh, probably a thing that I will be very upset when it is over yeah is going to be um <laughs> yeah, Sorry, yeah. I just uh, uh, vamping like, basically yeah just moved yeah uh, uh vamping a little bit um i'm gonna be really upset when stray bullets is over and again huh. this is a <laughs> this is a comic book thing um it is probably the most bizarre crime noir thing that you have ever experienced in your life uh if you like crime noir in any state of being it's basically like as though a uh, crime noir was happening with people who are fairly incompetent at various points in time and like people are basically it's very a humanistic look at crime noir basically and i love it uh there's there's every six issues or so this really surreal issue that's that's written in a weird uh, style, like super, super hyper realistic style uh, that happens. Uh, a, the main character of them is usually called Amy Racecar, but basically it's, it's, uh, and you don't find this out until fairly far into the series, spoilers, whatever. Um, 
This whole episode could just be yeah, like, this whole exactly. could be subtitled. Spoiler yeah. Hey, spoilers. Uh, it's Don't it's, at us. It's this very intricate series that ends up having so many layers. Uh, it seems very goofy, but if you want to get to down to the, the core of humanistic uh, feeling or whatever, uh, coached in this very noir storytelling and how people are fairly rigid in their thinking a lot of times, Stray Bullets is something that you absolutely need mm. to experience in your lifetime. It's really great. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Cool. I'm going to admonish myself for not bringing up the Sandman when we were talking about adaptations. <laughs> yes. Um, Save that for Sandemonium. Oh, yeah. Those still do ex- it. That's going to happen. They still exist. It's going to happen at some point. The first set of them do still exist. They're just terrible. Because we are wasted. Also, yeah, let's we don't talk about that for Brandon's sake. Um, but I think... So, I've been watching this show, which I was initially on the fence about, because it's really fucking... Uh, the, the pilot is bonkers. Uh, but it's called The Sinner, and I think it's on Showcase or Showtime or uh, FX, maybe. I have it on demand, so I just watch it on demand um, through whatever platform. But it, uh, it stars Jessica Biel and Bill Pullman, and Jessica Biel murders a guy on a beach for seemingly no reason uh, in front of her husband and child, and then so pleads guilty. So it's a adaptation of Camus the Outsider? Maybe. No. I, I don't know. Randomly kills an Arab uh, for no reason. It's, Bill yeah. Pullman plays a detective who doesn't believe her, who also has this kind of odd but slightly casual subplot line with it. Like, he's married to a woman, but he's also a sub, and he has mm-hmm. an affair. It, she steps on his fingers in the first episode. It's kind of, it's kind of, it's eye opening. Uh, but it turns into this really interesting kind of whodunit noir, and uh, I'm, I'm really invested. So, The Sinner. Uh, okay check it out okay um i mean it's got bojack horseman's jessica biel comma who does oh seventh heavens jessica 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 peanut butter jessica biel in jessica bojack horseman Horseman. oh right herself yeah (laughs) who does she play so while we're on the subject of people that are in bojack horseman i think my favorite is that keith olbermann plays the sperm whale on msnbc (laughs) fuck that makes me laugh every time um, if you want to contribute, hey. huh? I don't know. Oh, you haven't He's gone got a thing. yet. He hasn't gone yet. I offered you first, and Do I just it. assume you went. Do it, Paul. Go. He was, he was polite enough to he, let me. He was. That. He was. Yeah. And then I went, and I totally stepped up. Terrible. What's wrong with you, man? I'm so drunk. I'm the worst host ever. <laughs> uh, well, at least I'll be able to keep it short. Um, I started playing the 2016 reboot of the Doom franchise last night. It's. Metal as fuck. Yes. Uh, no, it, it's it's silly and there's very little plot to it and it's basically just run and gun and bash people's heads in and it's so fun. So it's find blue square on map, kill everything in your path. Kind of. Nice. Yes. Except then it's yes. got a periodic, really like bitchin' metal background soundtrack. It, it's metal as fuck. Sweet. So it's uh, it's a return to form for Doom. Is yes. What it's not that survival horror bullshit from Doom Three. It's just you you're you're killing zombies, Doom, but like it, it's Doom Three is so scary. That's why I didn't like it. I don't like survival horror. This is a fucking action game with a metal soundtrack, and it's metal as fuck. Yes. Do it. Doom. Go play it. Buy it. it. Buy an Xbox One if you have to, but go fucking buy it. it Buy it. Metal uh, as fuck. 
the the list the the listener at home doesn't know this, but this has been officially the first live podcast. Yeah, I've drank this yeah. pod. We've had an audience of one this whole time. All of these times I've referred to this right friend now. that Surprise. was staying with me. She's sitting in the corner. Uh, if you so you heard it here first, folks, <laughs> the first live episode. If you want to get in touch with us, you can do that in a number of ways. Email us drinkthispod at gmail.com or find us on social media at drinkthispod, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at slingsbot and also on Instagram. Uh, I'm everywhere at Igor Zarubo. I am places at Soupy Toasterson. That's soup as in the food, the letter Y, and to- as though as you have a toaster who is your son. And uh, if you're looking for the business that I co-run with my wife, that is Variant Edition, uh, you can find us at anywhere on social media if we're on it at variantedmonton.com. You should be buying comics there. It's a great store. Uh, I buy my comics there. Until next time, thank you so much for listening. I have been Matt. Paul. I'm Brandon. And we will drink you guys. Studios. Bagel!